Hello, everyone. My name is Adam Lines. I am the founder and co-host of the Undercut Podcast, the one and only. What podcast? The Undercut Podcast. Sorry, I didn't hear you that time. What, it's what called podcast? Uh, the Undercut Podcast. Okay, okay. <laughs> Join me once again. That beautiful voice you just heard is my co-host, Mark Gould. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome, welcome back. back. We are finally back. Sorry again about the delay. You know, when I first started making podcasts, everything I read was you need two things. You need quality and consistency. Yes. We don't have either. Yeah. Our quality is fantastic. Quality is off the charts. Yeah. Depending on how big your chart is. (laughs) We leave it for the viewers to decide. What do you think of the podcast so far? Not Maybe not this one, but the entire series. Are you talking to me? No. I'm talking to to them, Mark. Uh, You in the car listening. Look at me. Look at me right, right in my radio, because you're looking at a radio, stereo system, dashboard, whatever. What do you think of the podcast? Maybe Tell not us. this one, because it's just started, but every podcast. Or this one. If you like the intro, let us know. Yeah. It's, a little, it's something new. It's not the mundane. Hello, everyone. My name is Adam Lines. No, I, I kind of like this better. <laughs> yeah, me too. But we are back. So happy to be back. The weeks feel, they feel so long, because we went from, we... We stopped recording two podcasts a week. We decided to just, wrap, during, just during the off season. For yeah, now. wrap everything into one podcast. If there's a big groundbreaking news, Perez gets announced for Red Bull. There will be an emergency podcast. Mm-hmm. There will have to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a really cool new segment today, and some really cool new intro music that's coming for that segment soon. Mm-hmm. Not today, but soon. And soon. And today we are reviewing the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. The final race of the season. It's going to be a seven-minute podcast. The and we're, gonna, and we're covering everything. <laughs> the 2020 Grand Prix is, yeah. or, or Formula One season is officially over. It is over. This is the last race review podcast, which is so sad. Of the year. Of the year, of course. Yeah, it is upsetting. You know, it in a 17-race season packed from mid or early July until now, I think the FI has done a pretty good job. Yeah, tw- 23. It was like, yeah, like early July, late June, 23 weeks. 17, 17 races. races, so much action. It it was one of... It was a good it, season. It's the best season I've ever seen by far. Yeah. And it's arguably one of the best. It's the best season the last 10 years. You know, for different reasons than, say, 2012 was amazing. Yeah. 2012, I think, beats it. I didn't really watch the 2012 season live. Yeah, so, I wasn't much of... I wasn't a fan then at all. Yeah. But I've seen some of the races, and especially like Abu Dhabi. I watched that one. I've watched mm-hmm. that one a couple times, and uh, Canada 2012 because I love Canada. Australia always a great race, so I, I've seen that one. But the ma- I feel like I never got to witness that magic, so I can't appreciate. It, but it's the best one I've ever seen. Yeah, it it might be the best one that people have ever seen in a long time, just because it's unpredictability and it's. Mm-hmm. But. We are going to talk about this on our next podcast, which I just gave away. It's not a surprise. No, it's a season review. Season review 2020. It's going to be... It There's a lot e- to talk about. It might even be like two hours, two, three yeah. hours. We could be in here for a while. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be sick. So tuning in next Sunday? Sunday. Sunday? Sunday. Sunday. I, I've Sunday. Been, I've been, Sunday. Sunday. It's going to be Sunday. It's okay. always, it's okay. always Sunday, Sundays. except for today. Why are you listening <laughs> on a Tuesday? Why aren't you listening on Sunday? Well, I'll tell you why. Because it's exam season for both of us, and we're still in school. It's exam season. I had I had two projects due on Sunday. Yeah, I I had an exam Sunday. It yeah. was. But our listeners don't want to listen about my and your exam schedule. They want to listen to Formula One content, which is exactly what we're gonna do. Starting now, this race weekend wasn't really expecting a lot. No, I was nothing really happened. <laughs> I was I was upset. Yeah, going to this race weekend. I you know it's off of 
crazy race at the Secure Grand Prix. Secure. 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 <laughs> it's secure, as in secure the bag. Okay. Or secure the constructor title. Well, the constructor title was secured a long time ago. Exactly. Secure, as in what Bottas' seat or Albon's seat is not. True. Secure. No, Bottas' seat's secure. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> maybe not in 2022, though. No, I don't think it is. Mans needs to perform. He'd, oh, and I don't think he will. And <laughs> I just want to get this out of the way because we didn't mention it last podcast. Hamilton has a vegan dog, if you did not know. Yeah, that's true. And Christian Horner is dating a Spice Girl. No, he's married to her. He is they dating children. for life, and he got the government involved. Yeah. <laughs> he, he lo- that's a way to put it. <laughs> he loves his wife so much, he got the government involved. Good but, job, Christian Horner. Good yeah, job, man. Good job. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't expecting a lot going into this weekend. You know, it was a crazy season, but it's Abu Dhabi. There's 14 90-degree corners, which are the worst thing to happen in Formula One mm-hmm. since, uh, I don't even know. But, you know, you've never had good races at this track. We've never, ever had no. a race where I'm like, wow, this is genuinely exciting. 2012, 2010, uh, maybe think 20, no, 2011 was a wash. Mm-hmm. But, so 2010... It was exciting, but it was exciting because of the tension. It was like yeah. the championship oh, yeah. battle. You don't know who's going to win. All of a sudden, Vettel's the underdog, and you have like Alonso's ahead, but then Alonso has to fight through the field, but then he couldn't fight through the field. That was exciting. This one was only really... So didn't 2016 get decided in Abu Dhabi? Yeah. That was that one cool, too. It. I watched the race, and it was cool, but it's the track is... It's so tight in that third sector. If you don't know, they built it around. Mike, you might know those as well because I found this out like yesterday. They built it around the hotel. Yeah, no, I did know that. Yeah. And to kind of promote it. So that entire mm-hmm. third sector is kind of through the hotel, which looks really cool. Yeah, oh yeah. But it's so single file. It's You go in, it's kind of the... It's a really tough track to overtake on. And it's yeah. weird because it really shouldn't be. But mm-hmm. even like I heard um, David Cross and Martin Brundle talking about this a lot on Sunday, actually, like pre-race and during the race. Since they've started racing there, like you said, it's been pretty boring every year. And the FI, the FIA in Formula One especially, has got to figure out a way to make it fun. Yeah, they got to yeah. change the track. Yeah, but it's a problem because you can't change the track because then you change where the grandstands are, and then it attracts less people, which brings in less money. And you know, Formula One is about that cash money. Oh, always. Cash money first. It's business first. Fan love mm-hmm. second, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I I say this every weekend, but one bad, one or two bad race weekends a year at shitty tracks, there's still Formula One tracks. I'm still seeing Red Bull and McLaren and Ferrari and Mercedes go around those tracks. So mm-hmm. I'm happy. But again, it's just they need to change it. I think get rid of that chicane, the turn four or five or five and six chicane mm-hmm. before the first straight would be a good idea. I think adding a DRS, I thought about this because I was also on the Soft Tire podcast right before this. I was recording it. And if you want to check that out, it's on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I don't know if I would, but you guys. I was was a guest. So that episode, (laughs) it's a good, it's it's Mark's brother's podcast. Go check it out. It's good. They they roasted our podcast a little bit on it. I don't know why they wouldn't. Yeah, because it's amazing. But (laughs) we were talking about... uh, Getting rid of DRS and Jensen Button, I, I listened to his audio book. It's How to Be an F1 Driver, I think mm-hmm. is what it's called. Great book. But he said he doesn't like DRS because it cheapens the overtakes and it kind of makes them artificial. And I agree. 
And going into 2021, oh, sorry, I mean 2022, now because the regulations got moved back. Yeah. I think that when the cars can follow each other faster, I agree. I just know, I think they got to get rid of DRS. Because the DRS, we'll talk about it briefly, was so, it was just so dumb. Because you have this massive DRS straight. So every overtake was just super easy. They would pass before they broke, mm-hmm. before they were breaking, not broke before they were breaking. And then the person that they just passed who was behind them now would have DRS in the second super long straight and overtake them. So they cancel each other out. And then you can't overtake anywhere else on the track. Yeah. So super, super boring. The back straights, it's just, I would see overtakes and I'd be like, wow, this is an overtake. And then you realize that it's just, it's incredibly boring. They need to change that track a little bit. They have the money. I Bahrain and Abu Dhabi put in a combined one hundred million dollars. I think it wasn't. It's not a year, but no, it wouldn't be. But Abu Dhabi and they they put in probably more to be at the last of the season. They want to be the last of the season because they want those title title decider races and yeah. things like that. But first of all, the title hasn't been decided there forever. Races at Inter Largos are always amazing. Two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight. And sorry, we just had a little bit of a technical difficulty. One of our monitors, we're in the studio right now, and one of our monitors just uh, cut out for some reason. We'll figure it out. It's because I unplugged it. Oh, did you? But going back to Interlargos, or just changing it so it's a little bit shorter. They have like so many track configurations, so many different options, and they just went with that one. They designed the track for the 2010 onward. Mm -hmm. It was designed for Formula One. Yeah. I just it's just not great. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the track, Mark? I pretty much everything you've been saying. I don't love it. Um, I find the races particularly boring. Usually, especially like this season is no exception to that. I found that, um, yeah, it it it's kind of sucked. They said they said during like Martin, like I said, David Croft and Brendel were talking about how they need to fix it for more overtakes. Yep. But another thing. I'm pretty sure they said that every year since like 2013. I could be wrong on that. It could be a, a different year. Um, the person who started the race has won the race in pole. Uh, Sorry, I, started the race in pole has won the race. I can't confirm that stuff, but I'm, I would not be surprised if that was accurate. It makes the most sense. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I think that's ridiculous. And in the safety car. Let's, well, actually, we're going to get to that in a second. We're going to talk about the start. Boring. It was... It was a pretty interesting start. Yeah. Sorry, Mark. What, what were you saying? I was saying I was saying we never rolled the intro. We never rolled the intro. <laughs> no. Wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> we just got we just got carried away at the magic of the podcast. Yeah, that's true. So we're gonna roll the intro and then we'll get uh, right back into it. Well, what a couple of amateurs, aren't we, Mark? Yeah. Sorry Jesus. about that, guys. There we go. Yeah. Okay. And we are and we are back. Wow, what a, that was a shit show. Clearly we haven't recorded in a in a it's week. It's been a minute. Sorry guys. It's been a minute. We've changed the way we are um introducing the the intro. So we're still figuring that out. And the podcast is new, but yeah, we'll talk about the start. 
Uh, Max Verstappen, he had a really good start, got ahead of the Mercedes. I'm yeah, not, he had a great weekend, though. It was an amazing weekend. I'm not surprised he beat the Mercedes. No, me neither. Honest. Going into that race weekend, he got basically a half a half sick Hamilton mm-hmm. and a regular a regular Bottas. Yeah. Which is about the same as a half sick Hamilton. Yeah, pretty much. You know, I, fuck Bottas. Sorry for swearing. <laughs> no, but, you're allowed to say fuck Bottas because it's true. Yeah. No, that was fuck, comma, Bottas. I know, I know, I know. I was playing with you. But Bottas, like, this is a race weekend where you really just need to outperform your teammate. Like, you just need to pummel him. Mm-hmm. And you need to make yeah. it obvious that you have pummeled him. But he didn't. No, he didn't. <laughs> he, I mean, he beat him, like, considerably all weekend. Yeah, but he, the guy, like, had just tested COVID negative a couple of days ago and was... Coming back from yeah. having coron- the coronavirus. He was symptom symptomatic, too. He yeah. was sick. Yeah. So he had symptoms. Yeah. And to not be... It's just... Granted, it is Lewis Hamilton, yep. who is the second best driver of all time, in, right my, in my humble opinion. Right after nobody, he's... It's he's the first best driver behind uh, Schumacher. Okay, yeah, um, we're gonna but, get to this in a later podcast, yes. Mark. Let's save it for a later podcast. <laughs> save these fisticuffs. But you are so you are going up against Lewis Hamilton, right? Yeah. Every week, in and out, it must not be easy for him. But it isn't easy. He, it can't be. Bottas has had his fair share of like bad luck. Oh yeah, some rotten luck. But the thing is. Don't put yourself in a place where you're losing so badly all the time. 124 like, points. That yeah. was the gap. Yeah. And I get it. You have bad luck. But, man, that's bad. That's five races right there yeah. of Hamilton coming first and Valtteri not, not finishing in the points. Yeah. if, Which is insane. And, but, yeah, 124 points. Bottas just needed to turn up. He needed to turn up last weekend. He needed to turn up this year. This weekend, sorry. Mercedes, unfortunately, did not turn up. The no. MGUK, because they had some MGUK worries, so they had the engine turned out. Yeah, they they're just they they got that season on cruise control. Basically, yeah. they're prepping for 2020. They've been prepping for 2021 for a couple races. Yeah, oh yeah, Se- they, secured the drivers championship, secured the constructors championship in the summer. Basically, yeah, yeah basically <laughs> before the season started. Yeah, everyone, as soon as the as soon as uh, DAS system mm-hmm. hit the news, well, everyone thought they were going to win anyway. But as yeah. soon as the DAS system, but. Yeah, Mercedes had the MGUK problems. Well, not problems, but just kind of issues. They're they're on cruise control going to the end of the season, kind of thing. I think a second and third, they're very happy with, and to let Max Verstappen have one at the end of the season, not to take anything away from Max Verstappen because that was standout. Yeah, he had a great weekend. Absolute standout. An incredible weekend. Good car, good driver. He took everything away from that car just extrapolated every every little bit from that car yeah and it was it's the last race of the season and all the cars were you could see a little slower they were all on old motors because mm-hmm. like, i don't know if y'all are aware but you can only use three power units throughout the yeah throughout the season and granted this is only a you know a 17 race season but, but like last still year, 21 21 races last year i think or 20 20 races 21 yeah 21 yeah at least no it was definitely not more than 21 there's mm-hmm. 20 or 21 and three power units. That they used to have like eight. Yeah, I mean, granted they were the gas guzzling, unreliable piece of shit V8s. Well, mm-hmm. Okay, well, piece of shit as in they were unreliable, but not piece of shit as in the most beautiful noises in the planet. Oh yeah, V8s. I think personally, I'm a fan of the V10s. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. Like I like the V12s. Yeah, the V12s are dope too. If you're gonna go back to an engine, just go right for the money. 
right for the money shot. V-tals. See, but like I don't know that that V10 F2004 is I think probably the prettiest sound out of a motor. Yeah. Aside from, and I know this isn't Formula One, the four rotor um, um, Le Mans car that uh, Mazda put out. Oh, 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 the um, Mazda. The 8C or something? Yeah, it's it's the green and orange one. Yes, right? oh, yes. Mon Dieu, we're going to post that on the Instagram tonight. Yeah, what? that's the most beautiful sound to ever, ex- like, to ever come out of the tail end of a car. Beautiful car, beautiful noise. Yes. It's, it's a noise where, and I mentioned this on one of our blogs, which, by the way, you can check out our blog at www.theundercutpod.ca. Mm-hmm. I have a whole blog on, should we go back to the V12? Should we go electric? I would like controversial. I would like some V12s back in Formula One. <laughs> yeah, me too. Personally, <laughs> I but, would like to hear that. Me, me, <laughs> eighteen thousand RPM, twenty thousand oh, RPM, gas guzzling, come unreliable, on, noisy, vibrating the ground. You know how it is. But mm-hmm. yeah, great start from Verstappen and great start from Magnussen too on a track that's so hard to overtake. Made three positions up in the start. Oh yeah, and his good. last race ever. Ever. Well, his last Formula One race ever. With Haas, well, knock on wood. Magnuson is going to Red Bull. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah, they're kicking out Max. He's yeah. taking Max's seat. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be an Alpine Magnuson lineup for 2021. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. With Hulkenberg being the um, the, reserve. the reserve, yeah, and Max Verstappen is gonna be like coffee boy. Yeah. Yeah, he shows up to the race weekends, but they make him sit in general admission. (laughs) Not even grandstand. Could you imagine he loses that seat? Oh my god! Like he would have to score zero points in the season to lose it to anyone. I think so. But speaking of Red Bull, now it's time for the news. Oh, our Alexa just went off. Alexa, stop. Nice. That's you, you, you must have triggered it. Uh, that's how you know we're real people doing this podcast. Yeah. We make mistakes. We mess today a little bit more than usual. We mess up the intro. Our Alexis <laughs> goes off. We're not that artificial. And we're here. We're, we're in the car with you. We're we're in your, like, we're standing there with you talking. We want right? you to get to know us aside from just listening to us spiel on about the Formula spiel. One. For exactly. I mean, it's mostly going to be about Formula One because you probably don't care about our personal lives. But. We're two university students. We have exams. We have an Alexa, and we mess up intros. <laughs> but welcome to our lives. It was Ted Kravitz, I think, said Perez signing the seat. We talk about this every single. Do you podcast. think it's actually going to happen? I, 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 Red Bull is a Thai company. Mm-hmm. They are from Thailand. They are from Austria because Dietrich, Dietrich Menes, let's. Like, sorry, I'm don't butcher it. I'll look it up. Butchering his name. I did a whole presentation on him before in school, but he, he. If you don't know the story, we said it last week, and I've mentioned this exact story. He flew to Thailand. He was hungover. He needed a, or he had jet lag. Sorry, he needed to pick me up. He has a little Thai can. Mm-hmm. So there is some Thai influence and a, a lot of Thai influence, and that Thai influence wants um, Albon. But Christian Horner, apparently, this is what I've heard from the sources, um, Christian Horner and Dr. Helmut Marco mm-hmm. want uh, Perez. I think that's a great call. If For you, the record, just going back, it's Dietrich Metesic. Metesic. 
Mateshitz, yeah, something like that. We're butchering his name. We're super sorry. I'm trying. I, I looked it up and everything for you guys. We're humans. <laughs> We're real people. And it was a, it was um it's inspired by a drink named Krating Dang, which was first introduced and sold in Thailand. Yep. So that's that, that's where the Thai influence comes from. Yeah. Which would be dope because Alex Albon's part Thai. It's just, <laughs> I don't think Mark was paying attention because that's literally exactly I what know, I was. I was paying attention. I was, yeah, <laughs> I was making fun me. of you a little bit. <laughs> they have so no, but there seriously there is Thai influence, and there's also Christian Horner influence. And Christian Horner wants to win the constructors championship. And, yeah, that'd be nice. You know that the Thai uh, execs at Red Bull want Alexander Albon in, so it's kind of a little bit of a struggle. But the latest report says Perez. That is my final. You know, I'm locking that one in. Alex Trebek, I'm locking this one in. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. What a legend. Yeah. Alex Trebek. Canadian um, boy. What? Canadian boy. Yes, sir. Alex Trebek, I'm locking that one in as my final answer. It is going to be Perez. I'm ready to be proven wrong, I guess. But I think it's going to be Perez with I actually Albon. agree with you. With Albon as the reserve? Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a, um, probably what they'll do. Makes the most but sense. But do you think that means Yuki Sonoda is going to... Oh, no, he is. You think Fully. yeah? Oh, yeah. There's a there's a zero point five percent chance he's not going to be in that seat next year. Okay, that makes him the first F one driver born in the two thousands. I I know, isn't that insane? We're born in the two thousands. Well, we're born in two thousand. Yeah. In two thousands, we're two thousand. But yeah. we're both twenty years old, by the way. That is it. it it's insane. They yeah. When you when you grow up, I didn't watch Formula One a ton when I grew up because my family wasn't into it and I had no one around me. I was into it, but they just seem so old. But now you look at them, and they're like, look at Alex Albon right there. Monk's got him on his screen. Yeah, he's a kid. He's a kid. Jesus. But He's, he's born in 96. He's 24. Yeah. So, and Yuki is born in uh, May. He's younger than I am. That's wild. Wow. <laughs> that is shocking. Truly, truly shocking. But, yeah, I think Yuki Tsunoda is going to go to heat. Third in the Construction Championship in F2. Uh, r- rookie of the Year. Yeah. You get the Albert uh, Antoine Hubert Antoine Hubert award. award, which is amazing. He did pretty well in the young driver's test. Mm-hmm. Not as good as Fernando Alonso, but he's not exactly a young driver. No. How he got into that young driver's test, I don't know. I, I don't know either. Maybe it's because <laughs> he hasn't had... Uh, I think he's the oldest driver on the grid next year. He, you know, he is. And he will. Ha- he's going to break Kimi Raikkonen's record for most races. Are you, is, are you sure? Because Kimi's also racing next year. Maybe... No, because he has a two-year contract. Sorry, so if Kimi Räikkönen only races one year, Fernando Alonso will break it. I oh, think. interesting. But so Kimi's going to be is he's forty-one, mm-hmm. and ah, uh, never mind. Fernando's thirty-nine. Kimi's Kimi's uh, older by a couple of years. All right, All right good yeah. to know. Mark, coming <laughs> in. You always coming in with the facts. I'm loving it. Yeah, facts you have and history. To. You that's have to. That's my job. But uh, um, but going back to the race. Yeah, he's, basically, he's an old man. Is what you were getting at yeah, with Fernando. Basically, he's not a young driver. No. Uh, Yuki Tsunoda, he's going to that Alphatari. It's locked in. He's going to be a great driver. Honda wants him in because of the Japanese influence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Red Bull wants him in because he's he's a hot driver. He's young. He's fast. Yep. He's got he's got hot feet. And yeah. moving back to the race now because we got a little off topic as we do on the other okay. podcast. Yeah. The safety car. It is the most Abu Dhabi thing <laughs> in the planet that the safety car ruins the only aspect of the race I was looking forward to. Yeah. Yeah. The only aspect. I know. It, it's lap 20-something. It's in the pit window. Mm-hmm. 
I thought it was going to be a two stop, especially for guys on um, on those soft tires. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. A lot of them are trying to push one stop strategies, though. Yeah, because like with the soft to hards. That's the thing that makes the one stop strategy boring. And I actually wrote down a question that I've talked about a lot, and I'm probably going to write a blog on as well. But I want to ask you. So the one stop strategy in the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, mm-hmm. it it made the racing worse because you they have enough tire wear for one stop and one and so one stop, so two stops doesn't make sense. So they're going to do one stop and then drive super conservatively, yeah. conser- conservatively, <laughs> conservatively, conservatively. There we go. Fine. There you go. We're humans. <laughs> We're real people. That's your line for today, eh? Yeah, we're humans. Hamilton has a vegan dog. <laughs> you know the drill. Does he ever? Does he ever? But the one-stop strategy, it they drive slower to conserve. They don't battle as much to conserve, and it just makes the racing so mundane because it mm-hmm. limits the strategy. It's like you can either go from softs to hards or hards to softs. Where it's a two-stop strategy, you can go medium, soft, medium, 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 soft, soft, medium, medium, soft, medium, hard, hard, medium. Like this, I'm not going to go on, but the strategies are endless. Yep. So the question I'm going to ask is, should F1 introduce a mandatory two-stop strategy? Sorry, we're having, to, <laughs> we're having more technical difficulties, but... I will give my thoughts on it. Okay, th- I'm back. Sorry. Okay, we're back. I, my, my, my microphone got, my headphones got pulled out of the microphone. And um, yeah, I lost all my sound for a second. So I didn't hear a word that came out of Adam's mouth. But Mark, did you not lose your hearing? Should F1 introduce a mandatory two-stop strategy? That is the question. Okay, so here's what I think about that. Um, should they? No. Do I want them to? Yes. I feel wow. like. That's a hot take. Should they? No. I like. Would it be better for the racing? Yeah, but would you get a lot of controversy out of the paddock? Probably. Uh, I don't think people would be very happy with that, or like in like inside of Formula One. Um, and why wouldn't they? Because it it's a lot more strategy and a lot more tire. They'd have to change more rules too, because you're also. Uh, you can only use 13 sets of tires throughout the weekend, right? Yeah. So if you're going on a two-stop or three-stop strategy and you're and you're because sometimes that does happen <laughs> if accidents happen, you have to conserve a certain number of tires throughout the mm. weekend. That's practice. That's qualifying. That's the race. Um, you might have to change that rule along with it because a lot of people go into their weekend with that potential of this is how many tires we've already used. And if yeah. some some teams I know who decided they're going to do a one-stop strategy, mm-hmm. don't always have enough tires left over that happened literally the other the other week with russell and valtteri no they had enough tires they just put the wrong ones on yes but that means that no but george didn't have enough tires after that that's like that's what happened he used one too many sets of tires no he used one too many because he put botas's tires on i know so that's what i'm saying he was on his 13th oh no but i think i i'm not entirely sure but i think they would have to make some rule changes and you know, I, I've looked, you you bring up a good point with the changing the rules, and I, I just thought of this right now. I think, so at the end of every practice session, if you don't know this, they take away the two most used sets of tires. Mm-hmm. So you do 80 laps on mediums and 80 laps on softs, they're taking those two tires. Yeah. They would never do that amount of laps. Yeah, I was going to say, it's but, stretching it. But what... 
So with the 13, I guess it's a concern, but a lot of races, they have the same amount of tires and they can pull the two, sometimes three stops. So they have the tires. They like they do, but I feel like you'd have to, you need, there's other rules that would have to be changed in order to implement that rule, what do you which th- might make it too much of a hassle for the paddock and for the FIA. What do you think of this? So three practice sessions, two sessions, two tires a session. So at the end of the three practice sessions, you take away six. Sure. What if it was only five? So it was the two most used from the first session, the two most used from the second session, but only the most used one from the last session. So what you can do, and I just thought of this, so you can either run two sets of tires and do your qualifying sims on two sets and practice three, Mm -hmm. be more prepared for qualifying, but have one last set for the race because that tire would carry over to the race. Or you do one qualifying on one set of tires, which means less practice, which means you're less prepared for the race because they do qualifying sims on Saturday. Yeah. And... Or on Saturday, yeah, Friday. Yeah, I'm with you. They do them on one of the two days. Yes. <laughs> and But you have less tires for the race. Well, that's interesting. That's cool. Two stops out of... I think... I think it could work. Um, the more we talk about it, I think the more my opinion changes. And I think it, it could be more doable. Yeah. I, 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 I personally want them to do it. Because I think it's fun, more fun and the racing would be more fun. And it doesn't make it artificial. No. It just adds more... It, it kind of does make it a little artificial, like saying you have to, but you have to, they say you have to stop once in the race already. Mm-hmm. And you can't go from one tire to the exact same set of tires. So what's two stops? Why they haven't done it, I'm not entirely sure, but that. Wait, you can't do that? Because I swear, I swear to God, you see people going from mediums to mediums. Well, you can go from mediums, mediums, softs, but you have to use at least two, two different, of the three. Uh, okay, I didn't know that. Unless it's, it's a wet, wet race. If it's a terminal wet race. Then you can use, if it, say, rains for five laps, then you can go medium, medium. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. but you can't just go medium, medium. But I think, you know, like, people probably say, like, oh, Pirelli can just make the tires degrade super quickly. But it's... A, they can. if you They can, but they won't. If you look yeah. at it from a business perspective, Pirelli is not going to do that because they need their road tires to look like they're going to last a long time. So oh, they yeah. need their Formula One tires to look like they're... You guessed it. Going to last for a long time. If the tires are... It was 2010 or 12... I think 10. Canadian Grand Prix. That race, Pirelli changed the tires or maybe the track was really hot. And they had to pit like four times. Mm -hmm. One of the most exciting races in the past 10, 20 years. And it was... The more you pit, the more exciting the race gets. Because it it opens up more strategy. Yeah, yeah. So I think the two stop strategy... More position changes. it's, It's more engaging. Pirelli, Pirelli can't make the tires, you know, if they make them last for like, you know, years and years, they're just going to do boring one stops anyway. Mm-hmm. But if you make them degrade faster, the cars are just going to go slower. That was kind of the philosophy for a while. It was like, okay, just make them degrade faster. But it just means you drive slower because you lose so much time on the stop, 18 to 20 seconds. In Silverstone, it's longer and tracks like that. Yeah. That it's not worth it. So they're just going to drive five tenths slower a lap, which is boring. And they won't follow cars and they won't overtake because it saved the tires. I know. So it's I think frustrating. if it's a two-stop strategy, they'll never burn through tires, which means they get to just push like they're in qualifying for the whole race if they want to. They're only limited by their engine. Yeah, but, I, that's interesting. I, mm. I That's a hot take. Like this whole conversation, I like it. I, I, I like the more we talk about it, the more I'm kind of changing my opinion yeah. and, and thinking... 
Why not FIA? Give me the contract. Let me sign. I'm taking over (laughs) Formula One. (laughs) You're going to take over Jean Todd's position. Hey, Jean Todd, go back to Ferrari. I know your contract's up. Please go back to Ferrari, Jean Todd. (laughs) Speaking of going back to Formula One teams, Perez, Uh, we talked about him. I think he's going to get the Red Bull seat. It's my final answer. But that, this, it's the most Abu Dhabi thing for the safety car. I said this before. For the safety car to ruin a race, mm-hmm. it was might have been a two shot strategy. It might have might have been a one stop, but the safety car came out. They all just pit free pit stop onto the virtual safety car, which turned into a safety car. Everyone pit, and then they was just a super easy on the hards, except for who Mark, who didn't pit under the. There was five drivers actually. The Alfa Romeo's the two Haas, and yeah, it was one of the Alfa Romeos yeah. and Leclerc. Yeah. What was Ferrari doing? I don't know. I Mark. I don't can know. Can you speak Adam. on behalf of Ferrari? What were they I doing? I can't. You know how I feel. Doing? I don't know. What were they doing? Mark? I don't know. Mark, I'm going to ask you one more time. What were they doing? I that, don't know. Shocking. It was shocking. You know how I feel about um, Mattia Benotto. Mr. Benotto. Mr. Benotto. Mr. I don't. You know how I feel. I don't. I don't know what the fuck they were doing. I never do. That was garbage. The leaving I, him out didn't make any sense. I, was, I, I don't get it. Maybe they were hoping for another safety car. You want to, Ricardo also stayed out. Mm-hmm. I think it was both Alfa Romeos, Ricardo, and both Ferraris. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Maybe both has. I don't know. But Ricardo makes sense. He started on the hards. He can't go hard, hard. So he couldn't go to the end of the race. But Leclerc, maybe he wanted track position. Maybe it was a Leclerc call. But, but the safety car ruined the race. And Ferrari ruined the race. Too very shocking. I know. And speaking of kind of ruining racing, obviously this track ruins. I tried too hard on that intro. I'm just going to ditch it. But the midfield battle. <laughs> you tried. <laughs> hey, a good man admits when he's wrong. <laughs> it's an intense midfield battle. It is, it is. And, but again, it's just so hard to overtake. As soon as, you know, as soon as Perez was out of that race, everything went wrong. Yes. Yeah. Every single thing that could go, it was Murphy's Law up in this bitch. No, straight up. That's exactly yeah. what I was thinking. Murphy's Law. Yeah. Uh, Fuck me, man. What a weekend. The, you know, great race from McLaren. Good race from Sainz. Yeah, oh, Lando yeah. P4 for Lando and qualifying. You know, you know Sainz um, finished higher in the driver standings than Albon? Really? By how many points? Same amount of points. Oh, but he has more podiums. No, it looks like Albon has... It says Albon has more podiums, but I'm looking at the driver standings. Oh, yeah, wait. And Sorry, Albon has more podiums. And yeah, Albon does. Oh, um, Sainz has more... Uh, be fast as not fast. It wouldn't be fast as laps. The, I don't know why, but I'm looking at the driver standings right now, right out of FIA and the, or like right out of the Formula One website, and it's saying that um, Signs finished higher than Albon. Uh, yeah, I think that makes sense. I I don't really remember. You know, in 2007, Hamilton finished higher than Alonso in the standings. He finished second, even though they had the same amount of points. Yeah, but it's because he had more second place finishes. Oh, maybe. So maybe it's something like that where he has more six yeah, places. Something but like that. Anyway, Perez, you know, didn't even didn't even qualify because there was no point. He got into Q two, um, went out as a guinea pig to test the conditions for Lance Stroll. Yeah, and then he and then he retired. So you had Lance Stroll in tenth. Yep. <laughs> in Red Bull, uh, sorry, not Red Bull. Only one McLaren had to finish in the position they were in to pretty much secure that. Oh yeah. It, it was. You know, it just kind of ruined it at the end there a little bit. Renault was absolutely no qualified, like 11th and 12th. 
out of Q3. They've just been nowhere the past couple of races. But holy crap. I'm just, sorry. I'm I'm looking at these standings still a little bit, Adam. And yes, Mark. Tell me. Esteban Ocon almost doubled Sebastian Vettel's points this wow. season. Wow. <laughs> Are you serious? Uh, Ocon wow. had 62 points and Vettel had 33. Imagine going back to 2018. We say this a lot because it has been such a weird season, and I can't wait to review it in the season oh, review, man. just like I couldn't wait to do this podcast. Yeah. If you told me three years ago that Esteban, like a Renault, would have tw- almost twice as many points as a Ferrari, I wouldn't have believed you. If you went back 2004, big like, yo, this Renault is going to have twice as many. Actually, that's a little more believable because Renault was kind of competitive in 2004. I mean, no team besides Ferrari was competitive, but that's no. insane. Well, that- Renault won in 05 and 06. So it's not like yeah. they weren't a competitive team in 04. They were. They were pretty competitive. But 2004 was Ferrari's year, for sure. Like, I'm like it's just like looking at these standings a little bit. I know we'll get back to the race, but like, um, it was okay. So there's obviously uh, Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen, then Chaco finished fourth. How does this man not have a seat? This man had finished fourth place in the constructor and the drivers, and he doesn't have a seat. Give us my seat. Whoa, 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 whoa. Ted Kravitz, I think he's going to get the Red Bull seat. Red Bull, it will go against Red Bull's values, which is keep a tie driver, keep it in the family, essentially. Like, you keep it in the Red Bull driving program. That's kind of what they believe in. Yeah. If you want to do that, that's great. Have fun finishing third and fourth and second in the championship. More power to you. But if you want to win, sign Checo. Yeah, if you want to win, you got to sign Checo. If you want to keep your your old beliefs, which don't even make any sense... Keep Albon. Mm-hmm. Also, it's nice to see Danny Rick for number five. Yeah, Danny Rick finished higher this season than he did in 2018. Yeah. Just f- sad. Yep. <laughs> very, very sad. But it's nice to see him back. Yeah. Speaking of actually Red Bull drivers that are lower than they should be, Alexander Albon, P4 mm-hmm. in the race today, P4 in qualifying. Yeah. This is, this, what did you think of Albon's performance, Mark? I want to hear your thoughts. Uh th- Mediocre as always. He was competitive as always. Alex Albon. It was it was better than usual. I was gonna say he was competitive. He was it was better than he, like normal. Mm-hmm. He finished before he kind of gave the Mercedes sort of a little bit of a run for their money. He was but, catching Hamilton by one second a lap, and then the Abu Dhabi curse. I guess not curse because nothing was cursed, but the Abu Dhabi track layout kicked in. Mm-hmm. He's a second lap, second lap, got him within a couple seconds. Couldn't get in DRS. No. Couldn't get past him. No. But. So he was sort of even yeah. the run for their money, but he finished fourth, which is cool. I didn't expect much else. I didn't expect anything higher. I I don't. I, I expected lower, to be honest with you. So I guess mm-hmm. I'm. I guess. I guess I'm happy with him. With his performance this week. But he still needs to lose that seat. I think. I think this. This race for Albon is the this is the bare minimum of what he needs to do. Anything worse than this, and he's he's subpar, this is the bare minimum. And yeah. this was kind of the perfect race, I guess, for Albon and Red Bull. Like, that was kind of what they wanted because it's on a track where you can't really overtake and you can't catch the driver. If a Red Bull is finishing 16 seconds ahead P2, there, you know there's a problem. We've seen races where P2 separated by, like, Four, five, six seconds. Sometimes it's like 20. But 16 seconds in a, from a Red Bull and track that doesn't suit them, that they haven't gotten pole position and they haven't won since 2013. Yeah. It's a problem. It is. But for Albon, 
it's the perfect race because you can't overtake. So Red Bull, um, Mercedes was never threatening Verstappen, and then they couldn't pit to jump him in the pits mm-hmm. because if they pit, they would have been behind Albon and wouldn't have been able to jump him. Yeah, because Albon would have been there. So he was able, he was kept in a good position to prevent them from pitting Hamilton, mm-hmm. and he was in a good place to cover off Verstappen. But again, you ideally want to do that in P two. Or P, oh, yeah. P3 or P4 is good as well. But that's kind well, of that's what... That's where he ended up in P4, but not P3 and P4 is what Albon needs to be doing every single race weekend, especially for Stappen's winning races. But I'm not disappointed with this performance. He contributed to Verstappen's win, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think... He contributed to the team, and that's what mattered this weekend. Exactly. He's was he got points the for the team. Which wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. Like... Yeah, he, it kind of sucked, <laughs> but uh, it always does with him. And I'm excited to see new fresh blood, most likely. Hopefully, thank you. Please, please helmet. Um, Get Perez in there. But you know what else is there to say? It was a, it was like it was just sort of an all right like performance. I, I you ex- I expected no, nothing less, and I didn't expect any more. Yeah, and you know it's. We can actually talk about this a little bit. The reason, I mentioned 14 at 90 degree corners. Yeah. And it's it ins, it's really hard to follow and overtake in the first sector. They have a stupid chicane in five and six. You slow down and then you go in this long straight and then another long straight. So that overtake becomes obsolete because those straights cancel out each other. Then the last sector you can't overtake. Nope. So it's really difficult to overtake and it's one of those tracks which i get it i get it's in the desert but bahrain does this pretty well um no gravel traps or grass sections yeah those races you see drivers especially and i think it's in turn one where you can cut or turn two and three where you can go off to the left side and just does not make the racing fun i saw i think it was um land stroll did it in the race, and it kind of blew his chances passing, uh, catching up to signs. And he locked in, went way deep, than Kvyat did it too, and just got away with it. He just took an escape route and was fine. There was no no walls, no gravel traps, and much margin for error besides that uh, wall before the penultimate corner. And yeah, no, no, I, I agree. Again, it's just it's not what we want to see in a track. And if the track layout's exciting and we can see good racing... Then it's great. If the track layout is okay, there's not a lot of room for overtake, but there's no margin for error, like Monaco, it's it's better. It's more fun. It's it's great because granted, Monaco is kind of a boring race to watch because it is so tight and there's no overtaking. But you see cars, you see cars in the wall. You see cars like you you never like to see cars in the wall. But Max Verstappen FP3 incident where he just he, he one inch too much. Like maybe a couple inches too much of space, and he's in the wall. Yeah. Oh yeah. When he hit, uh, if you mess up, you're in the wall. Mm-hmm. Well, like Paul Ricard is in France. In France, yeah. The French Grand Prix, and so like Sochi too. Yeah. It just ninety degree corners. Paul Ricard is not ninety. No runoff areas. It's all runoff areas. Sorry. You know this is Sochi under the lights. Essentially, it's dark at night racing Sochi. And the Russian Grand Prix, boring track. Agreed. Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, boring track. Agreed. But they both give lots of money, so I'll take the I'll take the good with the bad on this one. I um I miss Interlagos. I miss Brazil. Yeah, me too. I, w- I wish we had a Brazilian Grand Prix this year. 
Me too. Always a great I race. wish we raced in the America's period. I always love a Canadian race, not only because we're from there and we get to go, but oh, I find they're fair. fun. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> um, I find they're fun. Also, I, I don't mind Circuit of the Americas. I'm kind of indifferent on it, to be honest with you. Really? I, I, lo- I like it, but me. like... There's nothing around it. Like, it's not... Austin is beautiful, by the yeah. way. The, the city of Austin is gorgeous. If you've never hopefully been... Hopefully, we can get out there next year. Hopefully, we say this every podcast. Yeah. We got to plan it. Austin's We beautiful. should start planning it. We should. The S section, though, gorgeous. Great section of the track. It's a really good track. It's complicated. It's... Easy to overtake on some areas. It's hard to overtake on others. The the first corner is great because it's whoever breaks the latest. Yeah, I mean, that's how it always is. But it's uphill, and the track. Yeah, okay. It's it's a nice track. I guess I just don't have any attachment to it that way. No. Once you go, yeah, you gotta yeah. go. I, I I'm sure we will. And then Mexico's Mexico. It's mm. nice. It's fun. It's close to the end of the season, but I, I like I said, I wish they raced in North America. This I know it's hard to do, and the 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 way the United States is looking, and even us right now. Um, but you know, you know what I mean. It just it, it is what it is. I yeah, just sadly it didn't happen. Year, but we'll be back next year. Oh, hopefully. for sure. knock on wood. Canada. Canada's if we get vaccinated, yeah. we, the vaccine started rolling out yesterday. Yep. Well, we will see. But this isn't the sponsored by Fisner. Fis- Pfizer. Pfizer. I'm in. I'm- <laughs> Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson and Johnson, yeah. AstraZeneca. Sponsored, there's a bunch of them. Sponsored by all of them. Yeah. Anyway, no, we're not. We're for not, the record, not, we are not. not that's kind of that's <laughs> not not a sponsor. Um, not a sponsor at all. So much. There was a lot of drama with McLaren and the penalty, but it's not the drama that I, as a Formula One fan, like to see. I don't like to see that. Um, this is a. A lot of complaining on this podcast. Mm-hmm. It has been that for a couple of podcasts because I was complaining about the George Russell thing. And then I was complaining about the Sergio Perez thing. Yep. But this one, you can. I feel like if you're listening, you can join in on the complaints. Please do. Please do. Sometimes. I feel like we share very similar opinions with the rest of the uh, Formula One fan base worldwide. Is it? Well, we have and the of, Undercut Pod fan base worldwide. Yeah, we have a uh, a lot of hot takes and a lot of controversial <laughs> opinions as well. That we like to mix in, so it's a good mix of both. We have our own independent opinions and and views, yeah. But we do everything on evidence. Oh yeah, absolutely. But you can't not, right? That's not the drama I like to see. I don't like to see places in the constructors' championship being decided by the stewards. I don't like when it's when they were like as soon as they said it's going to be investigated after the race. I was just like, this is going to be a drama. Like they imagine you win the construct, not win, but you place third in the constructors' championship, and then all of a sudden. Science gets like five place grip penalty, and then they <laughs> you they, lose it. Then they then they lose it. They might have still won it if you got five places, but maybe not because Stroll would have been P nine. He used P six. I don't finish P ten. So he would have he would have been moved up to P nine. So yeah. I, but I was so mad because again it ruins that like that little bit of intensity, mm-hmm. and it was just disappointing. But there were uh, Carlos Sainz. If you don't know what the penalty for Carlos Sainz went slow. He's a slow man in the pit stop to hold up Stroll. And Otmar, who uh, is the race important team principal yeah. and partial owner, came on the uh, said that if it wasn't for signs, Stroll would have been seventh and not stuck in tenth. But Gasly, in my opinions on this, but Gasly in a weaker car had no problem getting through both him and Vettel. Plus, Vettel was on older tires, mm-hmm. and Stroll couldn't get through him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're put in that tenth place, but. 
he should have been able to fight up a little bit more, I think. He was I also agree. on kind of old tires, but yeah, good. A uh, lot of drama, and but not the way it, – it wasn't in the end because there was no penalty, which was nice, but it's just not the way you want to see – a third place in the constructor championship beat aside. Oh, agreed. Like especially that high. If it was like a ninth or tenth, it still would have sucked. Mm-hmm. But like, also who cares? Exactly. <laughs> um, it, like a third place this year was the best of the rest because on a normal year you have your big three: your Ferrari, Mercedes, and Red Bull. This year Ferrari didn't exist. Sixth, which is their. I'm just gonna point this out to buggy mark. Sixth is the lowest. Ferrari has finished in a Constructors' Championship since 1980, and that car was dog shit in 1980. The lowest mark. I don't know why you would say that. They've had some, I know that. They've had, they've had some bad cars <laughs> since 1980. I know. But never sixth bad. I know. Have call fun. it fifth because racing points Mercedes. No. <laughs> we call it seventh just because you said that. But Carlos Sainz, yeah, I, think, I think Carlos Sainz has regretted not regret it, but Carlos Sainz will regret that move to Ferrari. Why do you say that? Because I, McLaren, I get it. It's the heritage. No one has as much of a heritage as Ferrari. No. It's it's Ferrari. They're the on, only team that comes anywhere close is McLaren, and they don't. Yeah, and it, it, it is truly Ferrari. When you grow up, you're like, man, I'm assuming when you're a driver, you're like, I want to race for Ferrari. I want to race for... Like, well, especially these kids who grew up watching Schumacher yeah. race for Ferrari. And, you know, like, team liveries change. Sometimes, like, McLaren, it was Mercedes-McLaren. And yeah. And the, the Mercedes engine, and they've had Yeah, look at Haas over that. the last couple of years. Yeah, they've... Man, that's, that's a nightmare. Rich Energy Haas was gold a couple of years back, and... Yeah. Just a fucking But nightmare. Ferrari has... They've always been red, except for two races. But they've always been red. Always been red. And they, it's always been either Ferrari... A Scuderia Ferrari or Marlboro Ferrari. Ferrari, but it's Ferrari and it's Ferrari, and they're the heritage that they bring. Okay, but, but here's here's why I don't know if I agree with you that that he's gonna uh, regret it. He, you already you have that heritage, you have that Ferrari. Ferrari's never leaving the sport. Their fan base is way too big. But also, they are so confident in their in their motor for next year. Right. I don't know if you've been read like like see, I've been seeing a bunch of tweets. And a bunch of um, news articles recently about how confident Ferrari is in their motor because their aero packages was all, like just all right this year. It was incredible, but it wasn't awful. Tractor esque. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, they, like it's, it was just all right, but their motor was what really killed them. They put a lot yeah. of D and D and R and D into their motor. Not D and D. That's Dungeons and Dragons. R and D into their motor. This the Annika podcast sponsored by. Uh, no, we're not Dungeons and Dragons. No, we're not. <laughs> um, they put a lot of like time and effort into their motor for next year. Yeah. And the, and Bentia Bonotto and the, the Ferrari tokens. team is very confident in it. So I'm I'm and, and I'm not saying that just because I'm a Ferrari fan. Yes, I have a bias, but just like, I think next year is going to be kind of a comeback. Granted, any year's a comeback year after yeah, this year. And just but, like they're confident in their strategies. Okay, Adam. <laughs> I know their strategy sucks, but they need a new team principal. But yeah, they do a little bit. They really do. Jean he tot. was great. Jean tot. Please come back. Listen, he was great as a um, as as an engineer. Mm-hmm. He's not good at managing the team. No, Toto he wasn't Wolf. even in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, because he had herpes. That's actually not confirmed. That okay, was the, I was gonna say that was the rumor, though. Don't quote us on that. that he, I, he, I heard that a lot, uh, like a lot, multiple sources online. I didn't he, see that, but I think um, that just might be people pro- clowning. Probably, around. but he wasn't even. He hasn't like. Okay, the team for the most part has done better when he's not there. 
Yeah, they have. Yeah. And <sighs> not this weekend, but most weekends he, they do better when he's not around. And mm. I think that's an issue. <laughs> if your it's, team, it's the same thing with the drivers. It's the same thing with the drivers and the cars. Like you need a good driver to have a good car, but you need a good car to be have make a good driver kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like Lewis Hamilton won't be at the top of the field under Williams. No. And you know, uh Pastor Maldonado maybe not even Pastor Maldonado. I'm not gonna be at the top of the field under Mercedes. No, you won't. I won't. I'll be like second or third. <laughs> Shut up. Adam's not Adam, uh, I, he no. doesn't even qualify. <laughs> uh, no, I, I would not be within a, like they I wouldn't be able to touch that Mercedes with a ten foot pole. No. But like what you're saying, well, going back to what you're saying, yes, you need a good driver to make the car work. You need a good car to make the driver work, mm-hmm. basically. But you also need a good team principal to make it all work. And guess what? You exactly. aren't, Mattia Bonotto. A good, good team, fucking team, team principal. principal. We need someone new. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Uh, I think, but going back to the science thing, I think, you know, Ferrari is definitely going to improve. They are an iconic team. They are always on top. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, it's Even when they're like, not, they're kind of they kind of are. Well, it's never like when they have a bad year. It's just like oh, it's a couple off years. It might might go into twenty twenty two, might go into twenty twenty five. Please, like, please don't say yeah, that. Please. But it, it, but they will. They always come back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're gonna forever bounce back. They always have it's, a shit shit car and then just an amazing car. Yeah. It's not like they're good. Like 20, 2016, Okay, car, no wins. Yeah. Uh, twenty sixteen was kind of similar to this year. And 2017, great car. 2018, great car. 2019, we don't want to talk about it. Pretty good car. Yeah. <laughs> great engine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sponsored by Volkswagen, TDI, clean diesel. <laughs> but it was a good car. Yeah. Their car last year, and it was so pretty. But, oh, gorgeous. But it mon was. Mon Dieu. Oh, mon Dieu. Mon Dieu. But it was a good car last year, and it won races, and Leclerc took the pole hope, like award home. Yeah. And. 11 poles or something. Something Hamilton, stupid like Hamilton that. Hamilton couldn't even believe it. Yeah. But as a rookie, like, well, he wasn't a rookie. As a rookie with Merce- with Ferrari, he did that. He was a sophomore in Formula One. Yeah, which is insane. But It, it was a wild ride last year, and I miss it. But going back to the science thing, yeah, Mercedes is really on the way up. He's going to have a couple of bad years McLaren? in Ferrari, I think. McLaren, sorry. Mercedes is already up. They've been up. They are the definition of up. Yeah, but I think you might. Be- but there's only. You know what happens when you're all the way up? You can only go down. Yep. Except for Mercedes, because they keep going up. Well, no. They keep. They keep getting faster and faster. I know. And more I know. I know. But I feel like as of up. 2022, they're gonna slow down. I agree with that. I think so as well. Mm-hmm. But. Society- and then once they lose Lewis, they're gonna slow down for mm-hmm. sure. He's the reason. Like they are where they are a lot of the time. I think that. You know, I I really like the uh, culture in McLaren right now. With mm-hmm. the, if you listen to Carlo Orlando Norris's team radio and they had Carlos signs on there and they had Zach Brown, he's like, "Yo, dude," and just that kind of stuff. Like that's not something that you know Ron Dennis was really big on. Like it was when Ham- Hamilton said on tweets and you get you get pissed. It was mm-hmm. you wear a suit. He made Fernando Alonso like shaved his head for McLaren. And then when he went back to Renault, he grew it out just to spite Ron Dennis. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe ten years ago, and but McLaren's on the way up. They can only get they're only getting better. The car's getting faster. The the team is. They got a fast driver. Zach Brown's the goat. Zach Brown's great. He's, he's not their team principal, but he's the, he's he's great C- CEO. Yeah, and he is the goat. Mm-hmm. I want to shake that man's hand. Me too. Yo, dude. I I like him, and they have they got a new fast driver for next year. 
Danny Which Rick. I'm excited to see. McLaren. I feel like I shouldn't say this. They're my favorite team. I know. I know. Really? Yeah. For Red Bull is always the all-time goats. Like they they are they are my the team at heart. Like they are my favorite team. But I have so many reasons to cheer for McLaren. I love Lando. I love Zach Brown. I love Daniel Ricardo. Yeah, me such too. A, such a bias towards that man. Great smile. I think he's driver. one of my favorite. He, uh, Daniel Rick's one of my favorite yeah. drivers on the grid. No We're, one hates him. No one's like, no. man, I really hope Daniel Ricardo doesn't do well this weekend. I think my favorite driver on the grid still to this day is Kimi Raikkonen. Oh, yeah. He's, nice man. he's not great anymore. He's in a bad car, yeah. but he's just it, so fun to listen it, to. It, hobby anytime to he talks. His hobby. His hobby. Like, anytime he talks, it's just so awesome. I also like Leclerc because I think he's young and he's going to win championships. Mm. Um, and but I and Danny Rick because he's just so fucking iconic. I've been a fan of McLaren since actually 2015, and then they've never been my number one. But last year when they got Lando and they got Signs, like it's just something about that I really like that team, and I think they're going to keep going up. And I think uh, I think Signs might be. Um, you know, biting his lip a little bit, biting his maybe, tongue. Maybe. The other thing is, he's, if they want Schumacher in that seat and he doesn't perform, they will probably just kick him out. They might. To bring um, Schumacher in, whereas McLaren, he could be the they, definite future of he, that team. He could He could be. The, what they might do is they, for signs, is they, they might throw him in an Alfa Romeo. Because Leclerc's not going fucking anywhere. He signed until 2024, 2025, something yeah. like that. He's locked in. He's locked in. He's not. He's not going anywhere. That kid's the future, and so is Mick. Mm. <laughs> and I give uh, and Akita Masman. Kidding. Can we talk about that a little bit? It's in my show notes because we did not do it this week in F one. So welcome to <gasps> this, this week, week in F one. Wow. Okay. The only thing I really want to talk about Nikita Mazepin. If you have not seen the video, go on YouTube right now. If you're driving, pull out the phone. Don't do that. Please don't text and drive. The video, he gropes a girl, which is ridiculous. You, you should you should not do that, period, ever. There's no, ever. There's no excuse. And then he's like, hmm, this seems like a good thing to post. And then he posts it. I hope he loses his seat. I really want him to lose his seat. He's not going to lose his seat. But, like, Lance Stroll gets a lot of hate. Don't get me wrong. I hated on him in 2017. I'm like... Get this guy out. He's disrespecting Canada. Pay to play driver. But I like Lance Stroll. He's got he's a little bit of, he's got a little bit of an annoying laugh. <laughs> yeah, it's a laugh that does it for me. Yeah. But good driver. And he's he's a little spoiled, I guess, but he's a pretty good Very personality. Spoiled. He's a good personality. Yeah, he's not bad. It, I like Nikita him. Mazepin makes me angry. <laughs> Nikita Mazepin, he t- also Lance Stroll, like Beat the record for most GP3 points ever in a season or something like that. Uh-huh. Like, he just crushed GP3. And, but Nikita Mazepin, he is known. I know him for three things. When I, can't, when I think of Nikita Paz, Mazepin. Pazman? Pazman. I, yeah. I have not processed his name enough to say it properly. No, don't, don't worry about it. He's, he's going to be, he's in and out. He's, that's what he he's is. He's known for a rich dad. Yep. Punching Callum a lot. Yeah. A terrible defense strategy that cost him a podium yep. in the secure Grand, secure Grand Prix. And for showing a girl's breast and groping her on his Instagram live. That's yep. a documented. They got him in 4K. <sighs> they got him in 4K footage. Man, I see. I, 
I think that Gene Haas is going and is continue is going yeah. to continue to fucking bite his tongue on this kid, and I'm so sad to see it because he bring uh, because Callum Eilat it would be so much better. Yeah, in that role, I really want him in that. He's Ferrari's 2021 development driver, which is good. Mm-hmm. He's gonna get lots of time in the sim. Mm-hmm. He's gonna get lots of time in the car testing. Mm-hmm. So I think it's gonna be good. But Callum, uh, sorry, Nikita Mazepin, it's just nobody, no, nobody wants him in the sport. No, like really, no honor, one wants him. Nobody, maybe Russians. Yeah, maybe he's maybe Daniel Kvyat's going out, but yeah, he he basically the Instagram post is he's in a Porsche going on the highway with his buddy whatever in the car, and he turns the camera to the back seat where there's a girl and she's either changing, or she's wearing a really low crop top and her breast slipped out of it, and he reaches back and grabs her, in a, inappropriately. What a dumbass! Records it and then posts it and thinks that's good social media content. If you want to see good social media content that's not that, check out the Pod, our Instagram. Probably not the best time for a plug, but it's a plug nonetheless. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. <laughs> but we post appropriate, funny, and insightful social media content. But again, <laughs> Nikita Mazepin, we're just having a laugh because Mark just played the video and it's ridiculous, but Nikita Mazepin... It's it's not even funny. It's just embarrassing and a ridiculous show of disrespect in the sport and for him. And he's not what Formula One wants to be, and he's not what I want Formula One to be. Which I want Formula One to be a good, good, clean sport, and not not this. This is not no. It's ridiculous. Not, this is not what it's about. It's I, ridiculous. I'm, yeah, I'm running out of things to say on the topic, so we're gonna move on. But Nikita Mazepin, no one wants him in the seat. He's gonna be there next year. He's just. Should I feel like he's he's just a blip in F one yeah. history? Yeah, Mark. Mark, what do you what do you think of the strategy? Have you seen the video yet? By the way, yeah, I'm rewatching it again right yeah. now. What is he doing? It's ridiculous. <sighs> Have you what What do you think about um, Hass's decision to sign two Formula Formula Two drivers and not bring in one experienced and one not? Why do you think they did that? And just what are your thoughts on it in general? Do you think it's going to be good for them? Do you think it's going to be bad? What do you think? Um, I know why they did it. It's because of money. That's, the, that's literally the only reason they did it. Cold, hard, cash. Yeah, cash that's, money. That's it. That's all. That's the only reason it happened. Yeah. They wanted Mick because he brings a name, that he brings a present, and he's talented. And he, he just a, won F2. Yeah, he brings a present. Yeah, present, sorry. It's called good driving. Yeah, yeah. He's talented. He brings a presence. He is the son of Michael mm-hmm. Schumacher, seven-time Formula One world champion. But he's more, and he should be better known now as Mick, Schock, Mick Schumacher, F two champion. champion. Yes, we're on sync with the uh, synchronized talking thing. <laughs> but, you mentioned this last podcast, but so that, so going back to what you were saying, about, or your question about why did they do it? They did it because of money, and they did it because Nikita Mazepin brings a lot of money, and Haas doesn't have a lot of that. They need a lot of money, but. They've just they has has become the laughing clown car from Talladega Nights. Just the laughing stock of Formula One. They just don't have that respect. No. It was the rich. They came in ton of respect. Yep. Uh, US, Only American team. A, an all American U.S. It was great for the sport because they brought in some U.S. Uh, demographic. If you go to the, uh, the they're huge in NASCAR. Yeah, massive in NASCAR. They're in other races. They have make computers or computer chips or something yeah, like that. They do a lot. They do a lot of stuff, a lot of technology, so it's good for them. 2016 was great. They had Grosjean, who was a 
fast driver who was respected. They had Gutierrez, which is a pay-to-play, which is whatever. He was mm-hmm. still good. Now he's on Mercedes. Then they have Magnussen in 2017. They're not terrible, and they are kind of in a little bit in a, you know, a little bit of an embarrassment with the overtake decisions they make and the defense yep. strategies they take. But and both was, drivers getting upset, and then in 2018, 2019, 2019, when the they're rich, like, the rich yeah. energy thing. What the hell was that? That was Gene Haas believing in a guy who had like 150 million dollars or something like that yeah. to the team. Didn't make any payments. Nope. Dipped. Straight up dipped. Yeah. <laughs> and you let your employees post controversial tweets that says, we want to be fighting Red Bull. They wanted to be better than Red Bull, but you can't. He did not understand the concept of coming into a sport and not winning immediately. Yeah. It takes time. Yeah. If you if anyone out there plays F1 2020 or F1 2019, 18, 17, 16, or 14. But not 15, though? 15 didn't have a career mode. Oh, it didn't? No, it didn't. Interesting. It was it was a weird year for me. It was a, kind of a dull, uh, a leap year. Not a leap year. It was a, <laughs> a loop year. A I, skip get, year. I get what you One mean. One to forget. You can't start a career mode with a Williams and then start winning races and through the races. It just doesn't work like that. And no. It works even less in Formula One, and it just didn't work for them. And it was kind of an embarrassing. It was a laughing year, but then they thought they'd come back in 2020. They're like, hey, we need money. Let's sign Nikita Mazepin. His dad bought a majority stake in the team. So, yeah. But, man, just it's just ridiculous. And it's just so much arrogance. And just to think he can get away with that. And he posts some bullshit. So, I'm sorry. It's a BS, like, PR apology. He, I, I, uh-huh. I shouldn't say this, but I, I don't think he wrote it. Pardon? I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't write it. No, I don't. I doubt he wrote it. I, I'm not even gonna like try to say that he did at all. I don't think he did. I no. think that it was written by a PR team. Yep. And you know he fucked off with it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're, that's the end of that. We're gonna move on. Uh, that's pretty much it from this week in F1. We covered pretty much everything throughout the week. Everything's kind of old news now. The race. Yeah. And, yeah, so we're going to move on to a brand new segment like we name-dropped and mentioned. This is the first time we're doing this, and it's going to be a little difficult to do this race because it was a bit of a snooze. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit, a little bit before the race, just to yeah. give you a little an idea. So I, I'm still struggling. <laughs> what we're going to do is it's going to be called Tops and Flops. Tops and Flops is a stock, a term in the stock market. That means the highest-performing stocks and the lowest-performing stocks stocks so we're doing stocks so we're doing that that's an old meme i'm sorry but we're doing that except it's gonna be the best performing drivers and the worst performing drivers we're gonna do the top five we're gonna make a list and debate the list and combine it so it's not our own list like our first podcast which you should also check out it's gonna be a combined list it's gonna be pretty easy this this uh this episode not a very forgettable race for a lot of people but I got I got my top five. So we're gonna okay. start top five best performing number f- number one. We'll start at number one. Oh, the best driver of the weekend. Okay. Yeah. If you say someone else, then the guy who name rhymes with taps Merslappen, I'm gonna be very upset. Oh really? I thought it was Claire. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. <laughs> it was the Ferrari strategist. <laughs> <laughs> They're on the same team as Mercedes. They're actually on the Mercedes playbook or paybook this year. Oh yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, doubt so it. are the race engineers. So are the. Fu- so is, it's just so. So Sebastian Vettel. Just so is everyone. 
But number one, Max Verstappen almost mm-hmm. got the Grand Slam pole position, dominated dominated the yeah. weekend. Oh, very, yeah. very good performance for him. What a way to close out the season. It was impressive. And there's not a lot else to say. Led every single lap. Didn't get the fastest lap of the race. Daniel Ricciardo took that from him. Yep. But which is fine. That's and cool. great weekend from him. And just one of the reasons I love Red Bull. Yeah. So Mark, who's do you have a number two? Who's your number two? Um, barely. I'm gonna. I'm. I might pity give it to Lewis Hamilton. Lando Norris. It's got to be Lando. It's got to be Lando. Man's qualified like fifth. I know he had a good. He had a good weekend. He did have a good weekend. I I will give it. To, okay, I, I'll finished fifth. Qualified. It was, it was yeah, good he, had, he had a good weekend. Standout, yeah. standout weekend. Yeah. Uh, number three. Who's your number three? I like. Okay, so if it, Lando yeah. was my number three, so Two. I I want to give it to Lewis just because he the guy came back from having COVID. Finished yeah. P three. Granted, the car is great, but you know, just an overall pretty pretty solid race from him, especially coming back from that. Mm-hmm. So that's where I would put him. Where do you think? Yeah, I think number three as well. Yeah. I think third. Uh, again, third for a third place finish from you. Three for three. Uh, let's see who else. Mm, who's going to be number four? We haven't thought of these lists before. No. We just kind of jumped into it Yeah, today. It's a little bit of a surprise segment. I told you about it. We talked about it today. Yep. I texted you. And I think Carlos Sainz. Yeah, he had a good race. Good race too. for him. You know, controversial in the penalty thing, but he got away from that, yeah. which is good. All part of racing and helped uh, helped get McLaren that that, that third place, which is great. Yeah. That's number four. Solid. And I think number five, Daniel Ricciardo. Agreed. Yep. Finished finished seventh. Mm-hmm. Great race from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he started on the hards. So he got screwed over by the safety car. Not ideal for so for him to finish seventh is pretty impressive, and he secured finished fifth in the drivers' championship. Yeah, pretty solid. So the five worst performing drivers. Oh my god, this one's a little bit tougher. Who do you think was the worst? I got, I, I'm performing? sorry to cut you off. I got to tell you something here. What? <laughs> Nico Hockenberg finished fifteenth in the drivers' championship. I know he had more <laughs> points. He had he has ten points. Haas has eight. Yeah, he has more points than two teams combined. Haas, part- has, Haas has three points from their drivers. Yeah, and he participated in. Oh yeah, it was like Haas, uh, Alfa Romeo, and Williams combined, and he participated in two races. Sorry, I had to cut you off. I just I just noticed that, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Than <laughs> this dude <laughs> wasn't even like on the grid this year <laughs> and finished ahead of fucking eight drivers. That's insane. Eight drivers, um, okay. six of which are actual on the grid drivers. Yeah, full time. Yeah, that's just insane. I can't believe it. But so now the five worst. <sighs> this one's gonna be a little bit harder because I don't really judge drivers by. How bad they are. We what are you talking about? We that's all we do. Oh yeah, that's a good point. We <laughs> talk about a bunch of smack on this podcast. A bunch of smack. Um Okay, so who's your who's your who's your worst driver? Of the the day? worst driver of the weekend? Gotta give it to Lance Stroll. Yep. Yeah, he's pretty he was pretty bad. Uh he's pretty bad. 
Yeah, you just you, you, this is a weekend where you really needed to pull through. You mm-hmm. just needed like you needed seventh. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he got screwed over, I guess, by Science because Science got in front of him, and then he got stuck behind or whatever. But you should have been able to get through Vettel, mm-hmm. and you really should have. Yeah, like come on, you're getting through Vettel. But and speaking of Vettel, he is my number four. I agree. Finished what P thirteen P twelve. Kimi Räikkönen had a great race. He finished twelfth. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, he's still not in the top five because he's just nowhere. No, he's he's in a fucking Alfa Romeo. What do you expect? Yeah, exactly. But I think Vettel's number four. Yeah, not on it in qualifying again. Not a great season for him. Again, I will restate this. So it's said twice, speaking into existence, he will win a race with Aston Martin in the first eight races of 2021. I, You heard it here What first. are you going to do if he doesn't? What am I going to do if he doesn't? I will cheer for Haas for an entire race. I, I don't know. You can't oh, believe I me. want something fun. Mark, you, <laughs> Mark you, what do you want me to shave my head? I'm not shaving my head. You can't put you can't you can't put your boy on the spot like that when we're in a podcast and we can't have dead air. <laughs> I can, we're, I, we're spitballing here. I want you to shave my initials into your chest. No, <laughs> I want you to brand yourself with MG. Boom! Right on the bicep. Just Mark Gould branded. If Vettel doesn't win a race, you know, if we're thinking of doing a couple giveaways coming up soon, not soon, but. Yeah, in the near in 2021. In, yeah, I will. I have a diecast car collection. Yes, you do. I will give away one of my cars, and I know which one it's going to be, but I can't say it. It's um the Braun GP 2009. I know what it's going to be, but I, I can't say it. But here, let me just. But say I, it. I decided to say it and not be a bitch. It. I will give away that car as a giveaway. So you, the listener, you get something. I lose something. And Mark's happy because he sees me in pain. I don't want you to give away that Braun car, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I, I will. Okay. Um, so moving on to number three. So it was Stroll was the worst. Not a terrible garbage race for anyone. But Stroll was the worst. Vettel. And then I'm going to put the number three, the third worst. Got to be Leclerc. Yeah, probably. Yep. Not a great. I, yeah, it was race. a lot of bad strategy from the Ferrari team. He didn't have. Mm-hmm. He wasn't on top of the the ball this weekend. He's my favorite driver on the grid right now. Um, but you know what are you gonna do? You know when they win. You know when they lose. Exactly. Uh, I think number four. Um, I gotta go. Nicholas Latifi. Just again, nowhere. Terrible in qualifying. Yeah, I don't blame me. But the guy never really has a good weekend. Yeah. So another pay to play driver who isn't doing all that much right now. But Lance right now, Stroll, he might. Lance he might. Stroll was kind of in the same spot and he caught up. It's true, but they were both on Williams teams. Yeah, that's a good point. We were, aren't very good. We will see though. Lance Stroll did a lot more in his first couple of years, but Nicholas Latifi, we'll give him a chance. Canadian, I love to see it. Mark was very own. And at number five, Mark, who who do you think your number five is? Um. You know, I, I'm struggling because it was so like Magnuson, Magnuson, Mark. It was one of the had the one of the worst races of the day. It just again, not really anywhere. Yeah, you were a lap. He was a lap ahead of Fittipaldi, but not <laughs> that far ahead of him in qualifying. And but also Fittipaldi, like I don't know. Do you expect much out of the guy? Exactly. I don't. 
Oh, I I expected nothing. Barely drove that car. He the only reason he got the seat in security is because um is because Mick Schumacher had to wrap up the F two championship and the whole needed uh, driver points. Yeah, I'm uh, surprised Mick didn't. License. I'm surprised Mick didn't race this weekend a little bit. I yeah, maybe they just. Uh, I have no idea actually why he didn't. But maybe this one is give Phil Pauli a chance. Mick has Mick has the seat for next year. And uh, that's true. And maybe maybe they wanted to like have his first race of the season, not as like a. Hey, our other guy got hurt. Yeah, like a big bad Australia. Like welcome Mick Schumacher. There's a Schumacher on an F1 car again. Maybe. Thank you to your uncle Ralph for doing what he's done for the sport. Yeah. And <laughs> call it a day. But <laughs> yeah, thank you to the most amazing Formula One driver, most amazing Schumacher of all time, and Michael. And Michael, and yeah. And Michael. <laughs> but yeah, number five, Magnussen, kind of nowhere in the race. Perez, uh, an amazing race yeah. until he DNF'd. Uh, just nothing from him on the weekend. We can't even really give him a rating. No, you can't. He, but yeah, Max Verstappen, 10 out of 10. His car broke, you know what I mean? Like, that wasn't yeah. his issue. Lance Stroll, 10th place is good, but it's clutch time, baby, and you can't can't be performing like that. It's true. So that is tops and flops. What did you think of this segment? A little bit of a weird segment this time around because a, the race was kind of boring yeah a we agreed on everything and no one really had a super atrocious race that i remember because i wasn't paying attention to that because we didn't have this segment idea until this morning yeah <laughs> so it's a little bit spontaneous but do you like this idea for this segment did you like the segment uh did you mark do you have anything else to say before we say goodbye to our viewers um no i all i got really for you guys is Thanks for sticking with us. Thanks to the FIA for actually putting on a 2020 Formula One season. Yes. And we are I, looking forward to what we're going to do for you guys in the off season, and especially for next year. Get ready for some big podcasts. I'm super excited. We have two. We have the season review. We have uh, one lined up that I don't think we've spoiled yet, and we won't. And then we have another one lined up that, Mark, you're really going to like, and you're going to know a lot about. I'll tell you after the podcast, because I can't tell the viewers yet. Okay. It's going to be a little bit of a surprise. Surprise. A little bit of a surprise. Surprise. But the FIA, just for Formula 1 to put on a 2020 season, when I didn't think there was going to be one, so much heartbreak at the beginning of the season. I To have you know Australia canceled after they were doing track rocks because mm-hmm. someone got COVID, you know, it's been a really tough and emotional year for everyone. And we are so appreciative of... Formula One, all the drivers, all the mechanics, all the staff, the FIA, even though Michael Massey's kind of an idiot sometimes. Yep. But yeah, we really appreciate everything that, and we are so happy to be able to present these podcasts to you on races because there are races. And even the boring races like this, I enjoy because I love getting up on Sunday morning at 8 a.m. because that's when we get up. Sometimes earlier. Sometimes early at five, sometimes later at like two. Yeah, it was it was nice to yeah. have uh, secure at night. Yeah, when it was uh, like at twelve p.m. Yeah, it was noon here. Noon, noon our time. good noon start. The only race the season that was a late start. Yeah, because usually we have Coda's like at one and Canada's at two, yeah. and you know those kinds of things. But so happy that Formula One has been back. What they pulled off was amazing, and thank you for tuning in. All of our listeners, we almost hit 400 total plays or downloads. That's huge. Yeah, and almost 100 plays in the last podcast, so thank you. Yeah, we got... Nice. Everyone, if you're listening in Mexico, 
thank you for listening. And I just saw our demographic and I was checking the uh, analytics. So in Mexico, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very we, much. We for, appreciate you wherever you are all over the world. Yeah, wherever you are, are listening in the world, thank you. And yeah, did you like the podcast? Did you dislike the podcast? Did you agree with our opinions? Did you disagree with our opinions? Please let us know. Send us a DM on Instagram. Uh, check out the website at www.theundercutpod. And Shoot me a tweet at the Undercut Pod the on Undercut Twitter. Pod. We're, I'm, on, I'm on there fairly often. And yeah, check us out. And all right, we're signing off. So signing off on a season Formula One Undercut Pod season one is done. From myself and Adam, we thank you guys so much for sticking thank with us. Thank you. And we will see you. Well, we're going to see you next week. Yeah, but thank. But, but this has been the yeah. 2020 F1 season, guys. Yeah, thank you. I so mean, our last race review for a couple months. Except for the season review, which we're doing next yeah. week. Oh, yeah. But the last race review is sad. And, yeah, we'll see you next week. Cheers, guys. Much. Bye. Have a great one.